Welcome to the Why Got Why podcast. My name is Peter Englert. I am one of the co-hosts. We have a guest co-host with us. I'd like to take a moment to welcome Ramon Quintero. Hello, everybody. All right. And we are here with our fantastic producers. Um, we have Nathan Yoder and Dylan Carnival. And today, we're bringing back a guest for a second time. His name's Josh Eisenhart, movie buff, student ministries expert. Uh, there's an inside joke with that, but we'll let that go. Um, but currently right now, he's the director of visual storytelling at Browncroft. And we're going to continue our series on grief. The question that we're going to be asking uh, Josh uh, is, why did my parent have to die? And I think at the end of the day, we all have parents. Um, and probably death is a you know, sometimes we're estranged, so it's not just physical death that we're grieving, but I think Josh is going to bring some insight to this story. If your parents haven't died, then you most likely 100% know someone who has lost their parents. So, Ramon, as you think about this conversation, what are some of your thoughts that are popping in your head? Yeah, talking about grief is one of the, sometimes one of the hardest things to do. And, um, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, in, in losing a, a family member, um, and especially being a father or a mother. Um, and, yeah, some of these things just make me think of, you know, my relationship with my kids and thinking, man, what would, what would their life be um, without me or uh, my wife? You know, those are some of the first thoughts that come to mind. Well, and, and just with Josh, with his story, you know, I, I think we asked this question and I'm curious where our listeners' minds go. Like, you know, we're asking this question. Josh is going to share his story, but is it about losing a parent relatively young, losing them when they're older? And so there's just some dreams that die with that. And I think I'm looking forward to this conversation. So, Josh, welcome to the podcast. Hello. It's good to be with you guys again. It's good <laughs> to see you, Ramon. Same Dude, same here. Looking so good. Yeah, Ramon's um, Ramon's a graphic designer and uh, does a lot with digital with us here, so we're glad to have him. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Josh, we started this series off with uh, the same question to all of our guests, but help us understand what's your basic definition or understanding of grief. How would you explain that to someone? Yeah, uh, I would say you know I was talking about this with my wife. Uh, I said, hey. Pete asked me to do this thing. We're going to talk about grief. And and she said, she's like, you know, I was just reading something and they described it as the last act of love to someone, you know, that you love. Your grief is an outpouring of love, a continued outpouring of love to someone you've lost or even a situation. It doesn't have to be necessarily death, but um and I, I really kind of sat in that and thought, man, that's that's really true. I mean, when we experience grief, if something happens, if if the, you know, the Packers lose the Super Bowl, I don't feel grief um, because I don't like <laughs> the Packers. Um, but if if my favorite team were to try to go up against someone and lose, then I feel that because I wanted them to win. I, I have a connection. Same thing goes on a much more important, much deeper level with the people we love. So when they pass away, um, you know, you're continually expressing love through the grief that you're feeling. If you, you know, if you had no connection, you'd probably feel nothing. Wow. That's the most creative answer I've heard. And I, I just, before we get like, 
you know, everybody has talked about loss, but the last act of love, I, I guess, do you relate to that because of your love for storytelling and art? I mean, can you think of an example before we get into this question? Um, that just was so good. Yeah, you know, uh, I don't want to go too obscure here, but I do love those stories and especially you know, especially when you're watching it and you're seeing a character go through grief. And if, if the storytellers have done their job right, like you're connected, you want this character to do well, you want this person to succeed. And, and all of a sudden, maybe they pass away, they die. Um, I was just watching the new Pixar movie, Soul, right? Oh, they're so good at what they do, right? They're, they're just the best. But it's literally uh, this moment of... Uh, one soul trying to figure out what he wants to do and and he's in this other world figuring out with another soul and they're working together and then you get to a point and I don't want to spoil it it's only been a month but you get to a point where there's a sacrifice made and it just like tears at you you're like no um, and the same thing goes, I was watching a movie the other night. It's only about a year old called Ad Astra. Not many people have seen that one, but Brad Pitt, and this is a space journey kind of a thing. He's an astronaut. His father was an astronaut and they think his father's going crazy somewhere way out, you know, in space and he's got to go and take care of the problem. And, um, there's a, there's a long journey there, but the, it's really this story of, reconciling with his dad and and without giving too much away you know the grief that he experiences first with his relationship with his father and then possibly the ultimate loss of his his father so it's like man it's it's the emotion it's the emotion that just pulls you um pulls your heartstrings you know man listening to that last one got me thinking about field of dreams too oh yeah oh my mm. gosh love field of dreams mm. Well, let's let's kind of dive in. That's a great place to start. Um, you know, so we're asking this question. Um, we didn't put the plural. Why did you lose your parents? But you've lost both your parents. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just kind of tell us the story? What was it like growing up in your home? Yes. Yeah, so I, I would say I, I don't know how many uh, people or what your demographic of people you interview really is, but. Um, you know, pretty typical Christian kid story. Grew up going to church since like the week I was born. You know, I was there right away. Um, and so my family was very involved in church, very involved in their faith. Um, and and so, you know, that was a, a fairly typical existence. But when we, when I was 11, I think it was, uh, yeah, 10, 11 years old, uh, my mom uh, was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so, um, you know, long story, very short, she uh, fought that disease for two years. That was a very big part of our family life. And then uh, when I was in 1994, she passed away. And so it was a big deal. I was in seventh grade. And um, I don't know if you know many seventh grade boys, but we don't really know what's happening to us our emotions it's not easy um, to even understand what's going on um, and so as a seventh grade boy going through through that and being around people who had fully developed emotions they were they were like living out their stuff and so they were projecting that on me like oh you must feel really sad or you know we we love you and they tell you the things that aren't helpful like 
you know, God need another angel, you know, that is not helpful. Uh, just so you know, don't use that line if possible. Um, but you know, in that moment, I, I hear, heard what they were saying, but it, it just, it wasn't computing. Like, of course I was sad. Of course, like I was, I was upset. I was angry at God, the God who I knew from Sunday school, who I, people kept telling me he was a pretty good guy. And then you just took my mom away and I don't quite get that. If everything's in your plan, what is that about? You mm -hmm. know? And I remember it was a slow process for me to uh, really understand that my dad uh, I had a, a brother who was probably, I think he would have been a senior in high school and my sister who would have been uh, in college. Um, they were, they were our, my family and, and we, you know, we went through it together. I remember, I think one conversation with my sister where I was just kind of in bed, just like processing it. And then I was just bawling and I didn't even know why. And then my, you know, my sister heard and came in and uh, comforted me and prayed with me. But, um, but it was, it was weird, man. And it was, and it was, it left me with a lot of questions as a, you know, a seventh grader um, of how does this, this doesn't compute with, with the God of Sunday school. It just doesn't make sense. Um, but it was, a, you know, it was a process. And um, you mentioned you mentioned your mom, um, and briefly describe uh, some things about your dad. Um, Would well, you elaborate a little bit more on um, on that in terms of you know more about your dad, like how it how did it all unfold? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my so you know growing up, my mom was a nurse. My dad was sort of in and out of jobs you know, here and there, I think he, he did things with furniture or just kind of like con contracting construction stuff here and there. Um, so mom was really like the consistent breadwinner kind of a thing. Can you use that term breadwinner? I don't know. Do people <laughs> win bread? Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, th so they had a, they had a fairly typical relationship. It's weird when you think back, you know, um, those emotional moments cause such, I, I don't know what it is if there's a block there or stuff, but I, I have a hard time remembering mm. much before the passing of my mom. Mm. Like, honestly, I, I, I almost see it in like little glimpses or little flashbacks. And it's usually just like the highest of highs or the lowest of lows. It's not like the everyday life or going to school or whatever. Like most of that, I, I don't remember, but I remember, um, you know, the good times and the bad times, the times mm -hmm. where we, we relied on families. We weren't, uh, I would say, a very um, uh, rich family. I, I would say the opposite of that. We, you know, grew up fairly, um, never really recognizing it very often. Um, my parents did a great job of making sure we had what we needed, um, but there were times where it was tough, you know, mm -hmm. and we, um, you know, uncles and, and people from church kind of stepped in and helped us out a few times. So, so that, um, was sort of the existence, uh, as we were growing up and then, yeah. And then after my uh, mom passed away, my dad, I think he took it really hard. Um, I don't, I, you know, I wish I would have had those conversations with him. He passed away later. Um, but how he processed 
that mm -hmm. would have been interesting to have that conversation. Uh, I know that um, he still, you know, felt the burden, I'm sure, of raising, you know, two kids who were still under his roof um, and providing for them. And, um, yeah, I, I think he also retreated a little bit, too. I mean, he I can't imagine. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I can't imagine if my wife were to pass away, how I would react only by the by the strength of God. Could I get through? I'm quite sure. Um, but um, but there were moments there where where my dad, I think, sometimes retreated so far that w was almost for a time non-existent. And mm -hmm. so a lot of times it was just it was really just me and my brother with my sister kind of living her life. She had a, a fiance, uh, got married shortly, uh, you know, I think within a year uh, was married. And um, so we, we kind of, you know, figured it out on our own there for a bit. And it was interesting. And yeah. there were when you're in seventh grade, there's some fun things about that. <laughs> there's mm -hmm. some not so fun things about that. But. Yeah, and in figuring it out, and obviously, you know, happening in seventh grade, and then going through with some of the things that you described with um, other family members, mm -hmm. and you also alluded to this already. But I, I think if um, would you elaborate a little bit more on on how you dealt with with grief? Like, mm -hmm. how did you handle that? How did you experience it from such a young age? Yeah, I think that was the probably in that area probably about when my mom kind of was diagnosed that was the birth of josh the funny guy mm -hmm. uh, definitely developed the sense of humor as a way to mask that i mean every and i'm not by any means one of the funniest people in the world but you ask any comedian and most of their comedy comes out of that place of like oh this is just a way to get through this is a way to push that world the reality aside and cling to something I can control. And so for me, it was really be the class clown, go all in, um, pray that nobody asks me how I'm feeling, you know, those kind of things. That's really, I think, how I dealt with it. Um, probably through college is when I really maybe started thinking through it. It was probably even later than that when I really kind of like started to see how I've reacted, how God had a plan the whole time, or maybe not, I don't know how to say that the right way, but how God was faithful the whole time. Um, and, and, you know, the path that we went down as a result of that. I love, I love Ramon's questions because it, you know, what I've been thinking about in interviewing you has been, you've kind of had the span, I think. So you said your mom died in 1994. Your dad died 14 years ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I think the most disorienting part of losing a parent is you assume that they're there forever to some right. degree. Mm -hmm. What was different about grieving your dad's loss than versus your mom? You know, that's a really good question because I think with the, with the loss of my mom, you know, you're so young, you're figuring it out and you life just keeps happening. My dad eventually got remarried. We moved, changed, you know, school districts, changed churches. There was a lot of things that I uh, changed that I experienced mostly in the moment, 
not positive. You know, when you're when you're uprooted from what you've always known as a kid, as a teenager, that's traumatic. That's big. Um, but getting into college after college, being able to see how God was able to take those things and because of even moments when I wanted to run away, I just felt like there's the pull of God. Like, I'm going to be faithful. This is awful. I don't like it, but um, I'm going to stick with this. Mm. Uh, I'm going to try to stay in relationship with him. Um, seeing how he pieced it all together. You know, the uh, as I said, we grew up relatively, you know, not a lot of means. It, it just was what it was. Um, didn't even consider life after high school college i just kind of assumed i'd be a blue collar guy most of the people from where i grew up were blue collar people and um and how seeing how you know my dad remarried and it was to a woman her name is nancy and she worked at a college um as a librarian and how i had no idea until i was applying for colleges that that actually allowed me to go to a school that I never would have been able to go to. I could have never afforded because of a tuition exchange program. And that took me to a Christian school that I wasn't planning on going to. And that even though I didn't know what my major would be going in, you know, finding student ministry and like, this is what I want to do. I love it so much. And, and meeting my wife there and, and just seeing the pieces fall in out of, out of tragedy and out of this, this chaos, really, God saying, okay, like, stay with me. It's going to be hard, but there's, I got something for you. Um, so that was that. And then my father passed away in 2007. Yes, because, uh, and, and the, the moment, the reason I can so easily recall, other than it being a huge moment, is it was the day before my son was born my first child. Oh, wow. So my wife is pregnant and here we go. Next big adventure, next big chapter, ready to go contractions, all the things. And I get a call <laughs> and it's my, um, my brother-in-law who was actually with me the night my dad or my mom passed away as my, um, my sister's boyfriend. Uh, anytime he calls me, it's not good. So I don't take calls from him anymore but um but he's like hey uh your dad i we think he had a heart attack that we're going to the hospital they're taking him there right now and i'm like well alicia's like in labor basically so just let me know but i don't even know how to feel right now and then getting that call a little bit later saying he had passed away was really i think i don't i wouldn't say i was very close to my dad but becoming a dad I was hopeful that I would be close to him and then the moment you know that I'm about to be a dad he's now not available to me um felt like a huge loss um because I just didn't have you know I the conversations I wanted to have how do I do this what's this like or or um you know how do I make sure my I grow I, I be a great dad to my son um didn't didn't get to have those conversations and and I've been blessed by other men in, in this, um, in my community here at Browncroft and around who have stepped into those kind of roles. Um, so I wouldn't say I've been on my own in any way. God has always provided, but I would say it was definitely a different 
kind of experience and one that in some ways I'm still kind of working through. I mean, it's been 14 years, but mm -hmm. um, I still have those questions. I still have like, man, that that's a jerk move, God. Like, <laughs> if I'm being honest some days. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Yeah, I could, I could uh, uh, somewhat relate to that in terms of being, um, you know, growing up with a stepdad and um, not really having that close relationship with my real dad. And um, just some of the things that you're saying, it's definitely relatable, and it, I could see how difficult that might be. Mm -hmm. So I, my follow-up question would be, I haven't lost my, my mom and my stepdad. What advice would you give me coming from a, a position where you've lost both your parents? I would, man, I don't know if I'm the right guy to ask. <laughs> uh, imperfect human being right here. But what I would say is that um, I serve a perfect father. And um, I know that even though there's, there's this feeling of abandonment, there's, you know, all those things that, you know, a psychologist would come in and start to diagnose me. Um, I, 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 I think that I, what's been great is being able to just solely sell out and rely on, on God who is not going anywhere, even in the moments where it does feel like, are you listening up there? Like, Hey, I'm going through something. We've been through this before. I'm still with you, but do I get extra credit? Cause I've already been through some things, you know, um, can you just write, write the answer to my next question on a piece of paper, those kind of things. Um, but, but leaning hard into a relationship with God and, you know, he puts people here on this earth for a reason and in our, in our lives for a reason. So finding uh, community, finding relationships and being honest about things, you know, like um, understanding, you know, I've, I've been blessed to be able to work in student ministry for so long and um, still have great relationships with so many, uh, especially the guys uh, that I've, been able to serve over the years and you know they'll come to me and they'll ask for um advice on things you know so i i taken on sometimes that big brother slash maybe mm -hmm. dad kind of role for some students who who also didn't have you know a father figure in their life so finding community is so important um because we're not meant to be we're not meant to do this alone i mean from the very beginning adam uh, God recognizing right away in Adam, like, this is not going well if you're on your own. Here's a partner and, and building community out from there. So, Amen. I'm going to go. You both can pick on me for this, but I just, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble with our listeners. I feel like when it comes to these issues, we want a karate kid plot where we know who the good guys are. We know who the bad guys are. And it just has me thinking, cause Josh, I think one of your gifts is, and whenever I talk to you, I feel like I'm in movie buff mode, but like I've watched Cobra Kai. And what I love about Cobra Kai, which is the follow up, is the, the good guys and bad guys are far more complex mm -hmm. than we think. So, you know, I, I just watched season three and John Kreese, like probably the main antagonist, like you see that, you know, he gets bullied and all of a sudden your like opinion on the situation mm -hmm. changes. And I think about Ramon's question, like, and I think about this series about grief is 
to hear you say, I serve a perfect father, but he's a jerk. Or I shouldn't say he's a jerk. God, I'm sorry. That was a jerk Back move. Up a Back up. But like, that's life. Yeah. And and I just, I kind of wonder, like we want a Karate Kid world, but we live in a Cobra Kai world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think, you know, saying it's a jerk move is a jerk move from my perspective too. Mm-hmm. Remember that, but that our ways are not God's ways and that he sees with bigger eyes and bigger plans than we do. But I mean, to, to the karate kid Cobra Kai example, I mean, we, if you ever watch a movie and the villain is just all bad, like there's no good in this person, you usually don't like that movie. Our villains are never as bad as they appear and our heroes are never as good as they appear. And and you see that, you know, in the success of Marvel superhero, like they'll still show, you know, Tony Stark doubting things and and, and fighting in, in stuff in in between all the characters. I mean, that builds a good story because it's a true story and that's life. You know what I mean? So I think that um I think you're right. Like we do want it to be as simple as okay, this is just going to tie up in a bow. It's going to be perfect. And and when you when you watch a story like that that just everything ends perfect, you most of the time are like it was it might have had good moments, but I, there's something about it I just didn't like. And usually and we talked about this a little bit in my first podcast. It's, you know, when a, when you're doing a Christian film and everything just turns out perfect and all the people become Christians and it's just perfect, you kind of walk away like, come on, man. Like, that's that's just not real. That's just not how it goes. Um, you, you alluded earlier in terms of uh, the last act, um, as you were describing, um, how we can show love to those that we have lost. Um, this is one of those questions that I, I had been pondering when it came to this subject, and that, and that is, what are some ways that you find yourself celebrating mm-hmm. your parents now that they passed away? Like, well, are there things that you practice? Are there things that you establish within your family that you do now to celebrate them and remember them? Uh, or how does that look for you? Yeah, that is... A really good question. I, I would say, um, you know, I personally celebrate, um, I guess, my especially my mom, in the way I view my kids. Um, you see little bits and pieces of, I, I see little bits and pieces of my parents in my kids. Um, my daughter is 11. And she is just like, she's just a ball of energy, a lot of fun, very positive, and just always singing like nonstop. Like when you just down, you'll hear her down the hall just belting. And my son, who's thirteen, is basically the opposite. So that that leads to great things happening in my house. <laughs> but but it's but my mom had this gift of music. Like she was the the choir director at church and. Um, was always singing around the house. Oh, we always had music on. Again, this is mm-hmm. like 
Christian conservative Christian house in the, the late eighties, early nineties. So, you know, Maranatha music and, and hymns and the occasional Sandy Patty. Um, <laughs> give me some Don Moen. <laughs> um, and we did watch Lawrence Welk every Saturday, no doubt. Um, but, uh, but I see that I see them sometimes in my kids. And even when it's, uh, a great trait or a less than great trait, it's, it's, it's great to see an old friend. You know what I mean? Like, mm. oh, that's that's like in your DNA to be like that. And that comes from my parents. or the, And even celebrating my wife's parents who are both still with us and we, you know, love them so much. But you, it's, it's just a cool way to honor them. As far as a, an actual, you know, hey, this day we're going to do something or we're going to, um, I got to say, no, we don't, we don't do that. And that's a good idea. Like, that's a really great way to, um, to do that because clearly my, neither of my, um, neither of my kids ever knew those, their grandparents. They didn't know my stepmom who also <laughs> not to keep going, but, here, <laughs> but just passed away, uh, from COVID, um, wow. a few months ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's a great idea though. Lil. Thanks. How, how did you, I mean, I never met my grandpa Engler. That's kind of like, the closest thing um i mean how did you explain it to your kids like i mean reese was born your dad died um i mean i can imagine some of our listeners you know you might be 18 or 25 not married no kids you know how did you kind of navigate some of those conversations i think Practically speaking, and we, we did, we showed them pictures of their grandparents and they always knew Nana, which was my step, stepmom, and eventually she remarried. So they knew Nana and Grandpa Bill and we stayed close with them. I mean, and that to that in and of itself is a testament to the power of how God works, because in high school, like I was not a big fan of Nana. <laughs> we did not get along uh, in any way and even through through college. Um, but you know, growing older, getting married, having, you know, children, um, God used that to heal those relationships. And so, um, so from that, you know, practical standpoint, they knew Nana and Grandpa Bill and, and knew that they weren't my parents, you know, um, my biological parents. And so when we would show them pictures, they would ask questions. What was grandma like? What was grandpa like? And, you know, I would answer those in a, you know, age appropriate manner, of course. Um, But, uh, you know, explaining grief to them is is very interesting. Uh, They've, you know, they've been to a few funerals. They've lost um, my grandma passed away while they were alive and they went to that funeral. Uh, My wife's grandma passed away just last year and they went to that funeral. And so they've been around these moments where they they have the opportunity to ask questions and they're sort of understanding like there there's the physical world and there's the spiritual world and we are part of both of those and um and and that there is a finality to to this life but um that doesn't mean we stay in our grief we we are sad because we love them right jesus wept john eleven thirty five. Mm-hmm. that's a huge verse for being so small and showing us exactly 
um, who Jesus was, how he was fully human, how he grieved, how he must have loved because he grieved, those kind of things. Um, so that's that's an integral part of being human, but also um, finding a way to not stay in that grief, but find hope. Um, that's a huge part of it too. So yeah, that's a, that's unfortunately, it's a conversation we have maybe more than a, a lot of other families, but you know, that's okay. Mm. And, and in sharing that hope, I mean, you gave some great uh, insight in terms of, you know, what the Bible has to say or examples from the Bible in, in regards to Jesus. Um, has there been, um, in addition, any other things that have helped you cope with, um, grief? Um, anything from just, uh, maybe it was a movie and maybe it was a song it, maybe it was uh, a good friend of yours that would, mm -hmm. would you, um, would you have some of those things that relate to your experience? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I can't help but give the guy who's worked church since 2003 answer. The Psalms are huge, you know, reading through and, and being able to, um, I think the beauty of scripture is that all of us come to it with our own different experiences. So therefore we all experience scripture in different ways. And so how someone who's never really dealt with grief experiences Psalms versus how I experience Psalms. And I can like, Oh, I get this. Like I, mm -hmm. I feel that. And, and then there's other things in scripture that I, I don't relate to. So it's harder for me, but someone else might grab onto that. So, that has been huge, just reading through and reading, you know, the lament, but also the hope. Um, and David crying out to his father um, has always been special to me and hit me a different way. And, and the Lord is my rock and my salvation. And, and so you have to rely on that sometimes when there's no other people around. Um, I would also say I'm a big fan of counseling. Uh, I did... Uh, not do that for quite a long while in my life. And when I finally did, um, it was really helpful. I mean, even things that I thought I worked through and thought I was explaining pretty well to the counselor. <laughs> um, it was sort of like, oh, that's a good start, but there's more. You know, mm -hmm. let's let's keep talking about this in, in a way. Um, what, what's an example of that? I mean, if you can be so real... I'm trying to ask like a Ramon question because Ramon, like he always kind of throws that in there. You know? Yeah. Put me on the spot kind of stuff. I don't, I don't know. I think some of the things, even that I said here, um, as far as me looking back and, and trying to see like, what, what's the plan that God had or, or how did this all work together? Um, going into a, a counseling session and saying like, Hey, my mom died, my dad died, but this is what I think. Um, it's really just scratching the surface of like, okay, well, why do you, why do you think that? Like what leads you to think that? And then you start digging and you dig and you dig and, and you realize uh, some of that might be true and that's good. Um, but there's other things over here that you haven't worked on yet, or you haven't, or used, you know, right around that time you started, you know, um, this, even, even the sense of humor thing, like you started trying to be the funny guy. There's, there's 
a reason for that. That's a coping mechanism. That's um, you trying to not you trying to actually take care of this problem on your own um, and realizing um, that it's not something you you take care of on your own. Certainly not something you walk through on your own in a healthy way. A lot of people have done it, um, but that doesn't mean like they're at a place where they could be uh, living maybe more full life like John 1010, that whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you mentioned it. Well, what about abandonment? Well, yeah, I mean, I think that plays into a lot of things, uh, Dr. Englert. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My wife's the real counselor. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think that's I've seen that all over in my life. Fear of um, even when I feel like I'm hearing from God, sort of a fear of moving quickly on things Um, because maybe, you know, growing up. Um, in a household that, you know, at their root loved Jesus, but there were, there were problems, there were issues, there were things. Then quickly having a, a monkey wrench thrown into that as a seventh grader, um, there was never, it never felt like, man, this is just like stable, you know? Um, and so growing older, having my own life now in quotes and, um, you know, God calling me to leave something that might be comfortable or, or, um, change, change something up that I really, you know, I don't, I'd rather not. I don't want to leave that thing that I so longed for when I was young. So yeah, that's, you, that probably speaks to that fear of like, no, I want things to stay the same because I never had them really staying the same. Um, and there's, there's those kind of issues. So, you know, Hmm. If that makes sense. Sure. You know, so I kind of want to put both you and Ramon on the spot. It's Um, about time. It's about time. It's his turn. Ramon's like so smooth. He's so good. You know, but, um, you know, both of you, to some extent, it might not be death of lost a parent. I mean, what would you say to those individuals right now? You know, wherever they are, you know, you could be talking to a 55 year old that lost their 85 year old parent. You could be talking to a 20-something that lost their 50-year-old. Like, I mean, there's differences, but there's also mm-hmm. some similarities, um, you know, in, in abandonment with parents. So what would you say to someone who's kind of, quote-unquote, lost their parent? Well, having not experienced it personally myself, um, and I, um, you know, not a day that I look forward to neither, but I know that it will happen. And, and I think the preparation for me would be um, the importance of my, um, just my relationship with with, with God and, and knowing where I, I, I am in, in that relationship and, and who I am um, and in definition. And, um, and also just that I would have the courage to allow people to um, to help me and talk to me about the hard, the hard um, subjects. I mean, I think it was alluded earlier in terms of the importance of counseling, and I, I, I'm just speaking from a man's perspective in terms of, you know, we we resist wanting to get the help or receive the help from others or want to even talk about it. That's a long go to counseling, um, and I think that the biggest thing for me would be that I would be open. 
to want to do those things because of the importance and from sharing from people that have experienced it, um, knowing that the benefit so much always keeping keeping mm-hmm. it in or keeping it to yourself. Mm. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, this kind of goes back to the theme here, but you need to take time to grieve. You know, you need to not move on from it. Um, don't live there, but but remember the good times. You know, I, it for all the things, right, we, we go through life and there's highs and there's lows and there's good times, there's bad times, there's things I want to remember, things I don't want to remember. And, and when you finally do lose someone you you know it's it's easy to think it uh, think on all those things but um it's you you would do anything for another moment you know you do anything for another minute another hour another week with that person and and so if you have lost someone you know, take time to grieve, talk to someone about it, talk about how you're feeling, but also spend time in those memories. Um, they're good. Uh, that person was put in your life, whether they're a friend, a father, mother, grandparent, uh, God put them in your life for a specific reason. And you are part of that family for a specific reason. And, and sort of unpacking, you know, what can I, what, what did I learn from this person? Um, it's never a waste of time. It is, it, it can be a waste of time to think about, well, that person did this and they did this and I didn't like this about them or whatever, you know, but I think when you really go through it, it none of that stuff matters. You know, you'd do anything to have that mm-hmm. moment back. So, you know, leaning into the memories, the grief, and then the God who has overcome that grief and uh, can hold you in his hand um, in a more, uh, sustaining way. Mm. Well, that sets us up for our fun last question. Ramon, you and I, as I like to say, um, we're going to ask the question, what does Jesus have to say about losing a loved one like a parent? Um, so Josh, whatever heresy we <laughs> offer, you know, you get to clean up oh, or, geez. you know, um, and please, uh, this is a PSA, like never say God need another angel. Let's uh, please let's just remove that mm-hmm. from there. There's, so. a, there's a lot of things we can remove from the the grief playbook. <laughs> so so what, what would Jesus have to say about losing a loved one? I, you know, I, I just was I was thinking over throughout the Bible. Um, I don't know how often it says that someone lost a parent. There's a few times in Genesis. But it's it's interesting to me that there's there's like moments of talking about a parent and then we never see them again. So I think about um I think about Moses. Like I don't know what happened to his parents, you know. I think about Jesus. I have no idea what happened to Joseph. Um and I think about David. Um we never hear about a mother. Um, someone probably theologically is going to like email me and like David's mother is, you know, (laughs) we never hear about a mother. Um, you know, David also, you know, Saul kind of was this weird Mm -hmm. father-like figure loses him. And, um, I just, I just kind of think what Jesus would say is that, is that if you study the scripture, not to get answers, but to realize that. 
I relate to you in a way that you would really understand. Um, and what I love is from even hearing from both of you is there's this idea of, you know, the Bible doesn't give us these pat answers, but walks with us. And, you know, even to think about that, the savior of the universe, we don't hear a mention of their father. And let's just hypothetically assume that Joseph dies. You want to talk about someone that relates to losing a parent no more than Jesus. And there's a whole theological debate. So, um, theological discussion, I should say. So I don't know. What does Jesus have to say about this topic, Ramon? Well, he definitely uh, not um, doesn't leave us um, to deal with it on our own. I mean, he's definitely with us the entire time. We're we're never alone, and um, the examples you gave are, are are just great examples. I as you were talking, they reminded me also of um, some of the disciples as they were following Jesus, and they were asked, "Just let." let them take care of what they need to take care of and mm. follow me. And I, I thought about Timothy and, and re his relationship with his mother and, and, and grandma and, and thinking, you know, I, I wonder why, you know, the father wasn't mentioned in, in that particular scenario. And, um, and, and just thinking through, I mean, there's a number of things that could have been said in terms of, you know, hypothetically thinking what, well, why was that the case? But, um, I would say the the things that have encouraged me in terms of my relationship, even though I have not lost, um, physically lost my my real dad, but in the sense of not growing up with him, was considered a thing that I needed to grieve. I, I needed to deal with the, the realization that, hey, I have lost somebody that could have been, but chose not to. And, um, and, and, and coming to terms to that in my 20s, early 20s, when I realized, man, I, I have a father that loves me. I have a father that will never leave me. I have a father that will protect me and guide me and direct me. Um, and, and in regards to the example that we see in scripture, um, you know, that, that brings hope. That brings, that, that gives me courage to, to keep moving forward, knowing that man, I got the perfect example here, and, and I'm thankful that he is able to relate to what I'm, I'm experiencing. Um, those were, uh, would be some of the, the things that come to mind in relations to what I've learned through, through Scripture throughout the years. Mm. Josh was just cheating by looking off his phone. No, I, I like well, that. I was. I was going to look up a, a Scripture verse, but I don't, I didn't even remember as I was trying to Google it quickly. Um, what would God say about the about losing a parent i mean i think i think god holds parents in very high regard i mean the um the god the father right is the father over jesus they set that up in there's there's a reason there um one of the ten commandments honor your father and your mother um so it's it's interesting as later in the new testament as jesus is um you know, talking and, and saying, what does it cost or what does it take to follow me? And, and he goes, well, if, unless you're ready to leave your father and mother, you know, he's not talking about less value of them. He's talking about the great value of God. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that all that to say, I think what he would say is exactly what he did. How do you love how do you continue to grieve and show um, that love, man? You gotta, you gotta experience it. You gotta live in it, 
Um, don't deny it. Don't push it down. Jesus wept. There's mm-hmm. a reason, you know, I will always go back to that verse because I love it so much. Um, not for the moment, but for what it tells us about who Jesus is, that he cares, um, that he went through it. And therefore, because he went through it, he knows a thing or two about it. Um, that relationship, um, sibling or son, daughter to parent is, is so incredible Mm. and so valuable. And, um, I think he would say, he would say, lean into the good times. Um, I have come to give you life and life to the full. And that means higher highs and lower lows. Mm -hmm. That means you're going to experience, that doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy. That doesn't mean you're going to you know, everything's going to go your way. It means you're going to experience the full nature of humanity. You're going to experience all of it in a way that you wouldn't have before. Mm. So there's a higher payoff at the end um, if you're following him. Mm. Wow. Um, Josh, uh, I'm really thankful for you to share today. You can follow him. Um, He's at the Josh Eisenhart. We'll be tagging him. But um, I think this was a really helpful podcast today. Um, Remember, the Why God Why were brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. Um, I'd highly encourage you. I'm sure you know someone in your life that's lost a parent. Um, I would encourage you to share this with them. Have a conversation. If you've lost a parent, we hope it it ministered to you. And uh, lastly, if you're sharing us, use hashtag WGW podcast. That's our handle. Also, make sure you rate and review us. Um, we'd love a five-star rating and, uh, you know, five paragraphs of awesomeness, but thank you so much for joining us and have a wonderful day.